Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is David from Merritt House Fitness Boutique Club in College Station, Texas. Welcome to the show, David. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me. 100%. I'm very excited to have you on the show today to learn more about what you have going on at your facility. But before we dive into the business side of things, when you first opened your facility, what was the vision you had in mind for it for the long term? So the whole reason I, I put the sweat, blood, and tears into it is, is being in the corporate industry, so to speak, in fitness. I saw a big disconnect um, between how the members were served and valued, how the employees were, were served and valued. Um, and just the purpose of what we do. What we do in this industry is, is enormously important. And we could be the, the last stop before someone gets into some sort of critical health complication state. And we need to really honor our ability to, to take care of the people in our community with, with passion and you know authentic guidance. So I wanted to create a space that I didn't think existed here in this local area um, where members were actually valued, celebrated, and supported authentically and where staff likewise were also treated with value and respect because i saw this you know the, the turn and burn terminology in the, in the industry is pretty prevalent and just burn people burn employees out don't treat them with respect and and you know we it's not about getting across the finish line it's about getting across the finish line with how many people we can bring with us and being a, a leader you, in my humble opinion you need to be a servant leader and you want those individuals not to just be great employees but to also be great people and to benefit from their experience working alongside you. Okay. So really starting, you know, with like in the corporate space and then you saw a disconnect and you wanted to get your own spot and be able to be a servant leader and show, you know, not only your members, but your, you know, employees as well. Like, Hey, this is, you know, the right way to go. So I really like to hear that. I don't hear that much over here, but so that being said, at your facility, you know, what's your elevator pitch? So, you know, your services, who do you serve? What does that look like? So we are a space created to energize, support, excite, um, and uh, really work on people's vitality through the art of movement and fitness, um, both focusing on the intrinsic and extrinsic uh, physiological and psychological benefits of wellness. We have this preoccupation with weight loss in the industry. And weight loss is great, but it's a byproduct of improved health and fitness. Mm. We need to be pitching and educating people on the importance of VO2 max increase, uh, bone density increase, uh, neurotransmitter stimulation, things of that nature. So a safe space where people can come, work out. We're not overly crowded. You're valued. You're celebrated. Um, and it's not a place that's going to promote this uh, perverted notion that your value is 100% based on your aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like the place for you. Come check us out for a week. 100%. Yeah. So... So with that, you know, like focus in actually getting like the overall health improvements, what kind of services do you offer? Is it, you know, PT, open, group? What does that look like? It's kind of a unique platform. So it's a, it's, it's a 4,500 square foot gym. Um, and it's styled as a personal training studio, but large enough to have memberships. And you don't necessarily have to have a, a personal training um, package or agreement to utilize it. So about 60% of our members do utilize personal training services ongoing which is a great statistic, um, but they don't have to. And so what's unique about that model is number one, we're not packed because 
because we don't have a, a bunch of revenue uh, that we're relying on for memberships mm -hmm. revenue coming in from the personal training. And so it's a safe space where there's not a ton of people in the gym, which particularly navigating the topography of COVID error, um, it, people didn't want to be in a, in a crowded space. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been really nice and people really enjoyed that. So we, we live in a area that's pretty much prim prim primarily dominated by the university, Texas State University. Mm -hmm. and everyone caters to the students and we do not we actually cater more to the non-transient locals okay nobody else really does and so with that we've got better retention rates um it's just an overall better platform in terms of, of ensuring that we can service these people ongoing for a period of time okay awesome so you mentioned that you have about 60 percent for personal training which is really good mm -hmm. so with that being said What's the overall like member base at your facility in terms of, okay, let's just say like open gym and, you know, personal training. What do the numbers look like there? Right. So we've got about 350 members, um, active memberships, 60% of those members utilize personal training in some capacity. They might do once a month. They might do five times a week for a 12 month stint. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a wide variety there, but that's kind of what we're looking at with those numbers. Okay. Awesome. So in terms of your membership base, is that somewhere you're comfortable with or do you want to, you know, increase that? Or is there like a max cap at your facility that you think that there is? Well, max cap is going to be based on utilization, right? I mean, you can have a thousand members and 10% are using it, or you can have 200 members and 90% are using it. So, um, and the way that we style our onboarding and uh, the way that we bring people in with the support that we do um, our utilization is much higher. So mm -hmm. I do not want to pack gym. So I'd say probably four, 450 is going to be the max just based on my estimation. Mm -hmm. Once we get that, I'll shut down uh, the, uh, the membership ability for people to come in and we'll open up another spot somewhere. Okay, awesome. And actually you just said 400 to 450, which is perfect because you know the industry average per thousand square feet is a hundred people. So that's like right on the dot. So good right. projections there, David. <laughs> so. In terms of, you know, like the personal training side, is 60% somewhere you want to stay at or, you know, bring more personal training people in? The goal is to bring more people in and to service more people, give them that authentic one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, uh, upscale service, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the objective is to help as many people as we can. So I don't yeah. look at it as much as, well, what person, because you can get paralysis through analysis. Through 100%. Right. And a big problem that I see that not only businesses in the fitness industry have, but just businesses overall, they're profit-driven, right? Yes. They're not purpose-driven. Mm -hmm. Profitability is a byproduct product of the purpose, right? Your profitability is like a wake of a boat. How can you steer the boat with the weight? Mm -hmm. point. So as long as you're focusing on the mission and the purpose, the profitability will come. So as long as we're doing our best daily to service the individuals that walk through the door and to, to get the uh, the, the brand awareness in the community, we're on point. We're hitting target. Yeah. Like you just mentioned the purpose driven that actually reminded me of a message from uh, Simon Sinek. Not yeah, sure how to like pronounce his last name. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Like he says that if you focus on the why, you know, more people will come in and really get impacted by you. And obviously that'll be great for your business long-term. So I like how you approach that and not just for the profit. Obviously the profit's great, but if you're able to walk into it with a purpose and then get a profit, perfect. Yeah. So 
In terms of the personal training, do you have additional trainers and are they W2s or 1099s? Great question. So yes, I do have additional trainers. Um, I've listened to some podcasts uh, through, through your platform where I heard some people and they're doing it all, right? They're mm. doing the marketing, they're doing the, the accounts payable, the accounts receivable, the training, and they're getting- Bring all the hats of the business. Yeah. And you can't grow because they're working in the business and not on the business. And being in the corporate arena, as long as I, I had been, um, I was able to see those things, you know, mm. growing too fast, over-diversifying, um, spending too much time, uh, spinning your wheels. Not focusing on one thing and dialing in. Doing all the training because you don't have any payroll going out to, but your time is limited. So you've got to delegate and you've got mm -hmm. to grow through bringing other people on board that you trust, obviously, that are properly vetted. It's the only way to grow the business. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you get stagnated. There's just a certain amount of time in the day. 100%. So how many trainers do you have at your facility, if you have any? So currently, I've got seven trainers off the top of my head. And I do a little bit of training because I do like to stay in the trenches with my team. Mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, in improving and um, progressing with policies, procedures, uh, the ways that we operate. It's always good for me to be in the, in the trenches like that with them. I, I never want to be completely uh, separated. Yeah, and also that like goes back to what you said in the beginning in terms of servant leadership. So it's like showing your employees like, hey, right. I'm not, you know, the top guy. Obviously, I am, but I'm going to be with you so that you feel like, you know, we're being led in the same direction as like a tribe. That's good. So Absolutely, yeah. In terms of your trainers, are they more of a 1099 contractor or are they W-2 salary employees? A lot of trainers are, are 1099 because the business is trying to um, get away from that. Uh, payroll burden liability, right? Yeah, exactly. 12%. However, a 1099, let's just be clear about, there was, a, I think, a, a group of gyms in the Houston area where there was a lawsuit filed against them from trainers because they were improperly allocated on their uh, their, their their role in employee, employee status, right? If I want to have a high quality of expectations, if I want to have uh, uh, SOPs, uh, standard operational procedures, if I want to have um, to wear a name tag to ensure that the brand is protected, they have to be W-2. You mm -hmm. cannot tell them what to wear, how to, it's, it's misallocation of employment status. Mm -hmm. And so you get yourself into a pickle. I mean, I know, I know a lot of businesses do it because it's not like a police agency going around like, oh, are these people properly allocated? But if you really want to maintain the integrity of the brand, you got to do the W-2 in my opinion. So you do do the W-2 at your facility with all seven trainers? Okay. I've got to maintain that control um, of, of how the business is operated, the quality control. If they're 1099, you cannot maintain that quality control. Awesome. Cool. It's very good to hear because, you know, the 1099 route, it's more of a rent my space and you give me a flat fee, but the trainers, they could have like 20 to 30 clients and making 10 times what you're charging them. So, I like what you're doing there in terms of, of the W-2, not only for the protection and the brand, but also for, you know, business-wise. Really good. So in terms of your trainers and their clients, how many, you know, clients, well, how many client, no, how many people do your trainers currently serve, like each person? Oh, gosh, that's a good number. Let me see if I can estimate that. Um, let's see. If we're looking at 350... I'd say around on average 30 clients. 
Okay, so 30 clients per trainer. Right. So in terms of each client, what is the you know average lifespan? Obviously not like actual life, but like the business lifespan of each client. Like how long they stay with you? Three months to a year. Um, that number we are looking currently, which we're still in a growth phase since we opened the, in 2019, April. COVID obviously stunted our, our growth phase. 100%. Yeah. Um, so we're right now looking at a 1.48 month retention on average. And that's continuing to grow the longer we're open. Okay, cool. So I kind of want to transition more into the marketing side here because we just you know dove right into the personal training, how many people you have. So what are you currently doing right now to get more people into your facility for your trainers and for your open gym uh, option? And the topography of marketing uh, in every industry has changed so much. You can't use the phone book anymore, right? I mean, no. thing, you get a little <laughs> section in the phone book, pay your monthly fee. So now it's, it's different, particularly for a service versus a product. So obviously doing some social media, um, but really Google and Yelp uh, mm -hmm. and local news are, okay. in my humble opinion, the, the best ways to get consumer awareness and also to, um, to maximize your return on, the, on those mark, marketing, marketing dollar investments. Okay. Um, Google uh, is, is probably one of the better ones. I find a lot of money had been wasted in Facebook. I track all of this stuff. If I have a lead that comes in, I, I, they, they indicate how they found out about us. So mm -hmm. um, very, very strategic when it comes to analyzing our, our lead generation and the quality of those conversions from those leads. If, if I've got 100 people coming in from a certain uh, a lead funnel and I've only got two converts, okay, I want to look at- What's going funnel. on there? How can we improve this? So Instagram yeah. is a younger demographic, typically. And the yes. younger demographic is not my target demographic. My target demographic is going to be 30 and above. Yep. Know, this, this geographical area here. Um, so Instagram, I'm not really going to use that much. Facebook, you have a- a, a, a much higher chance with Facebook because, right. you know, the older generations right. are on Facebook, not on Instagram. But the thing of it, when you've got somebody looking for a gym, right? You've got someone that's either at a gym and they want to go to another gym because they, they're not happy with where they're at. And then are they in term or out of term? That's a whole other thing. Then you've got somebody that's thinking about doing it, but they don't belong anywhere. And then you've got people that aren't doing anything at all and they're, they're not even in a contemplation phase. So when you're, when you're marketing, it's like, okay, who am I trying to target? Yep. The person that has a membership somewhere and you're trying to get them. The person that doesn't have a membership, you're trying to convince somebody that fitness is actually important in their life and then get them to come to your facility. Um, so I found that instead of trying to work those dynamics out as much, really trying to create yourself in a position of validity in the community and by being on the news and doing the news stuff, that does mm -hmm. help with that. Um, but ensuring that if somebody's actively looking for a gym, that your search engine optimization is on point yeah. and your funnel is, is, is magnified. People are going to look at reviews. They're going to go to Google. They're going to go to Facebook. So making sure your review platform is on point. We are five stars across the board, Google, uh, Google uh, Yelp, and Facebook. I've been very, very adamant about that because if somebody's making a decision about where to go, they're looking at those reviews. Most definitely. And if it's low reviews, they're not going to go there because they don't want to have horrible service, right? <laughs> right. Okay. And then making sure that the website, the landing page, you know, 80% of people that look at a website are looking from their mobile device, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to spend time trying to maximize my desktop platform for my website. I'm going to maximize my mobile. And if somebody's looking, I've seen so many websites, they have no pictures of the facility. If somebody's looking for a gym, they want to know what the, what the facility looks like, what the culture's like, 
What's the equipment? What do the trainers look like? Who's the owner? You know, who, who's inside that facility so that they are more comfortable with going in. Right. Exactly. So I've made sure that I've maximized the, the, the mobile platform or the website to where those essential questions are answered in terms of the different tabs that they can select. If they go to the desktop, there's other tabs that are visible. So if somebody's at a stoplight and they've got a minute and a half and they're just, I've got to make sure that that, that desktop or that, I'm sorry, that mobile version is on point and they can easily access that button for one of those four things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you really mainly focus on the mobile device, like what's it called? Basically like UI, UI, UX, you know, interface there. Right. So is that only for Google or do you use Facebook advertising as well? Cause you mentioned that you have done it kind of, but have you in the past with Facebook advertising? Well, I did, and I wasn't, so I want to have a strong Facebook presence, but the advertising, I didn't find to be very successful. Okay. Um, the best dollar spent, and we track it. So, I mean, I can say this objectively, um, in terms of marketing, are going to be with the local news. It's going to be with Google, because that's where people are, are searching gyms and Colossation. 100%. Or yeah. uh, fitness and Colossation, or personal training Colossation, or Brian, or BCS, or however they want to put those keywords in. And then we populate both on the ads and on the first page because I've maximized our search engine optimization and we get a lot of people in the doors from those different funnel systems or, or platforms. Okay, so mainly through SEO, like you mentioned before on Google to make sure that those people see what you're doing. Awesome. So second to last question for you here, David, you know, in the fitness and gym world, there are three pillars of business, obviously, as you know, the first being lead generation and acquisition. So getting people through your door and turning them into paying members. Right. Second being retention. So keeping them, well, keeping those paying members for the long term. Right. Third being ascension. So increasing the overall lifetime value of each member. So upgrading their memberships, adding in supplements, basically having them spend more money with you. Out of those three, where do you think you can prove the most on? It's, that's an interesting question because, again, COVID has really been a unique time for this entire industry, right? Mm -hmm. So, and with the economy right now, things are a little... A little interesting. A little interesting. So, you know, you do have an, an option of increasing rates, which I know a lot of things, at least a lot of places I, I deal with, like our uh, easy facility we use for our membership management software, they've gone up on their rates and things of that nature. But... What we offer is, a, is, is not an essential need in the eyes of the consumer, right? So if they okay. start to have financial um, troubles, they're going to keep going to the grocery store. They're going to maybe cut back on their personal training, right? So not trying to create a, a barrier for people to where like, hey, things are kind of unusual. The market's a little bit funny. Stock market's a little bit crazy right now, but we're going to up your rates. Mm -hmm. Instead of focusing on upping people's rates, um, I like to keep them at that rate for a period of time uh, for a long while until obviously market conditions are a little bit different as a show of um, gratitude for your ongoing patronage and continue to increase our volume by 20% uh, year over year. Mm -hmm. And that makes everything work. I can pay the trainers what they're worth. Um, I'm showing value to the members that have been with us for the long haul. Um, and it just works. Okay. Awesome. So last question for you here, David, paint me and the listeners a picture. What are your short-term and long-term goals for your gym business? Um, short-term, I'm, I'm assuming six months or less or yep. uh, 
going to be expansion potentially into another 1500 square feet uh, next to us. Um, so that way we can kind of provide a little more space, a little more functional area. Um, and uh, um, past that is actually to start to grow uh, the, I'd, li I'd like to go national. I'd like okay. to take our platform and our philosophies and our purpose and, and our vision and, and take it into all the communities that could benefit from it. Awesome. So expansion and really becoming a larger brand overall. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, well, David, I think it's a great place to start to wrap things up for this episode. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on your website and your social medias? Awesome. So, and um, your Yelp as well. Yeah. So uh, if you just uh, look for Merit House Fitness uh, Boutique Club, it's M-A-R-E-T-H-O-U-S-E Fitness Boutique Club. Um, it's we're all over the place. So as soon as you, you pop that into a Google search or something, you'll, you'll find our, our different avenues of, of access. Awesome. Well, David, I appreciate you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, we have Paul Iannuzzi of Rude Dog Boxing Club coming to you from Brooklyn, Connecticut. Paul, what is going on, my man? How are you today? Good morning. Doing wonderful. Thank you. I am. I'm excited to dig into this, Paul. There's a lot of layers and a lot of components. Uh, and so I don't want to waste any time. I want to make sure that we maximize our value to the listeners here. For a little bit of context, I think that's important. Why don't you give us a quick 60 seconds or less description of Rude Dog before we get into the business components here? Rude Dog Boxing established 10 years ago. We have boxers as young as eight years old, six years old in our Camp Heroes division. And we have boxers in our cardio division that is uh, 78 years old. 80 years old doing stuff like that. We have about 250 members uh, that come here and uh, it's always a process to get people here, but it, once they get here, they usually stay and it's, it's been quite wonderful. Yeah. And, and so we'll get into the various layers of this. Like I alluded to, there's a lot going on in terms of revenue streams. Let's work backwards here, Paul. Start us kind of grand vision in the future and then you and I can kind of figure out what needs to happen today onward to bring that to reality. As you think about five years out, 10 years out for Rude Dog, where do you see this whole thing trending? Rude Dog Boxing, we're opening up a second location about uh, 25 miles from where we're at right now. We're also going to open up one down in Florida in the town called Parish. It's right above Bradenton and just south of Tampa. Uh, so we're opening up multiple locations of this. Uh, 
I expect to have within 10 years, I don't know, six, seven different locations. And I hope to have a um, hundred or two different places utilizing my product, my program to help grow their gym, which is I have a manual that describes all the programs and it's a how to be successful at your gym book. It's just a manual. It tells you this is what you need to do here. This is what you need to do here. I hope to get people out there to buy that, to get their gyms to be successful because it's terrible when you meet good people at these boxing tournaments and you tell them, like, how's your gym doing? They're all like, ah. you know, electric bill, heat bill, this, that, I ah, can't make it. Are you getting paid? No. How many hours a week are you there? About 30. And I work a full-time job and I'm paying my pay. I don't want to see anybody like that. So my goal is to get people to, to learn from me and have a better life. Yeah. That's a, that's an important component to this. Our, our industry, not just boxing specifically, but our industry has almost prided itself on the grind, right? It doesn't necessarily need to be that way. There is income potential. We don't need to work 80, 90 hour weeks. There are ways to go about this. But it needs to be done intelligently. It's it's absolutely a work smarter, not harder sort of mentality. You mentioned multiple locations here in the future in multiple states as well. And so I, I want to pick your brain at least on how we go about that. Obviously, this is a business. We need customers at the end of the day. This is this is priority number one. And so at least so far in your tenure here. What's been working from a marketing standpoint to get people through your doors in the first place? Great question. Well, one of the first thing is this, you have to have a product that's worth talking about. Okay. That's the first thing. Uh, there's the old thing where you find a product that that's good. You master that product and then you multiply that product. And that's how you make wealth. Um, we went years of, figuring out what works, what's advantageous, what's too hard for people, what's too easy for people, creating a program that it can be for everybody. Um, that was a massive thing. The other thing that I can tell you that will help businesses get off the ground is there is a mentality of, I think about something, I feel about something. But the problem is, is people don't act on something. They have all these concepts and ideas that they want to do, but they don't take a step to go towards it because they're afraid of failure. See, if people look at other successful businesses, what to do, and learn from businesses that failed, you can't help but be successful. My friend, he's my business mentor, Greg Horton. He owns Mastery Karate. He uh, became a millionaire in seven years doing the karate schools. And I told him, well, I can do it in five. And he looked at me and said, why can you do it in five? I says, Greg, you've made it easy. You've made the pathway. I just got to stand your path. I've learned from your mistakes, not do those, do the things that you did right, and I'll be successful. And no joke, in 18 months to two years that we've been doing that mentality of following proper business procedures and running a boxing gym like a business, not just like, as I said, taking in every stray cat, my business went from making, you know, $38,000 a year profit to quarter million dollars a year profit. Yeah. And I was part-time. 
This is a that, big that, leap. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I live in an area where it's not New York City, where a quarter million dollars really isn't anything. It's not California, where a quarter million dollars is nothing. Where I live in is a very rural section of Brooklyn, Connecticut. It's a farm town. A quarter million dollars is, is, is a lot of cash. Sure. So, and, and so I think market matters, of course, in all of this. Right. It, it does. It's it's the need. And the biggest thing, and as I, I, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself right now, is that I have that concept of the table that needs to multiple legs underneath it to keep it balanced. Yeah. Yeah. We'll certainly get to it because I want to talk about the various services here. Um, but in terms of getting people through the doors in the first place, is this something that you guys put advertising dollars into or has it flown organically thus far? People have a huge problem with writing advertisement checks because sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And it's, it's frustrating because if you put the wrong amount of money in the wrong area, it can really hurt a business. I, I think. Well, if thousands. budgets are tight to begin with. Yeah, yeah. You start off and you're like, Oh my God, I spent $1,200 with this, with this one company uh, advertising in their uh, publication and I got no phone calls over 10 weeks. It was just terrible, just terrible. Um, so my mentality was to see what's worked for other businesses. And then the other thing is this, there's cheap ways to do it. They always have a parade for veterans day. They have a parade for 4th of July. They have a parade for Christmas. I'm in all the parades with banners and my guys are marching in it and they're walking down the road doing their things and have their belts above their heads and stuff like that. People go, Ooh, shiny. What's that? Oh my God. I want to be a boxer. If he can do it, I can do it. He doesn't look too athletic. Why can't I be like him? That stuff works well. The other thing too is this seek to do something different that newspapers want to do an article about you. Not that you got to ask them to advertise about it, but vice versa that they're going to want to interview. They're going to want to be around you. They're going to want to have that. And it's free coverage. We had some athletes going to Golden Gloves. Win, lose, a draw. It didn't matter. We put it in the newspaper down here. Oh, my God. You know, Golden Gloves fighters out of Brooklyn, Any Connecticut. PR is good PR. Got great PR. Okay. Absolutely PR. Um, it, it, it was wonderful. Uh, then once you get people in the door, Everybody there is a member, but everybody there is also a marketing tool for you. Mm. You know, we Walking do specials. Absolutely. You get stuff where they're doing stuff all the time regarding um, uh, wearing our product. But even more so, we do stuff like, okay, you get somebody to sign up at our gym. It's a year contract. None of this month-to-month bull stuff. It's a year contract. You're not a little pregnant or a lot pregnant. You either are doing this or you're not doing this. Don't come in here and tell me, I just want to try it out for a month. Well, I don't want to train somebody for just a month, put all that effort into somebody and I'm, ah, it's not for me. Come here, watch a class, do a meet and greet, see our staff, see our clients, see if you fit. If you fit, it's a one-year contract, just like Planet Fitness, just like any other big gym. It's a one-year contract. You commit. It comes out of your credit card every month. I don't have to do any bookkeeping, nothing. Every month on the 1st and 15th, I get drops of money in. That's it. That is it. Um, so... That's- so we, we get people from a multitude of sources, Paul. I think that if I'm to highlight what you're saying, it all contributes, right? Are we boots on the ground in community events? Yes. Are we getting merch and t-shirts on our members so that they're doing some marketing for us? Yes. 
are we paying to be in different publications? Sure. sure. Are we taking organic content in, in a number of different methods? Of course. How has that changed for you guys over the years? Has this, have you found your way to the next frontier on, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever Facebook platform? Is, I know Facebook, my daughter will make fun of me because she thinks Facebook is for old people. Uh, but I love Facebook and Facebook, you pay those boosted ads, $20, $100, and you put it within the circle of, you know, 15 square miles of your facility. And I, I signed up probably three new people a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because of Facebook. Um, and it's inexpensive. It's targeted marketing. Um, of course, you're going to have to do some general stuff where you put it in. Like I'm in uh, restaurants on, on, um, uh, breakfast on places. On like the back of menus? On the placemats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I do those. I love those. Um, people sit, they're bored, they read the, they read the stupid mat in front of them. And we have a, like a big picture and this and that, so it draws you to the, to the ad. Um, that stuff there is, uh, you have to basically think of advertisement as grass seed. You sprinkle it a little bit everywhere. You can't just throw grass seed on the left-hand side of the farm because then the right-hand side of the farm gets nothing. And if that left-hand side goes awry, you're screwed. So I sprinkle it all evenly out there, a little bit in social media, a little bit of print ad, public uh, uh, appearances, uh, and merchandise uh, out there. It's all a blend. It's yep, got to yep. be equally supported. Do you guys still have room to grow in the location that you're in? Or is what that why we're, we're looking into multiple locations here? No, because here's the thing is we have within five square miles of my facility here, we have only 8,000 people. Okay. In Smithfield, within five square miles of that facility, we're looking at 107,000 people within five square miles. So, I could see myself in that location producing at a minimal, at a minimum, double the income that I'm having here. I could probably do close to a half over there. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an interesting conversation because like you said at the beginning, we need to have a product worth marketing to have any kind of reason to market, but we need to have people to market to as well. This is just as important. It, it is, and here's why they're having, and I go back to that table thing, which you said we're going to further. Yep. You know, um, if I'm drawing from, if I'm working with an elderly person in the morning, they'll look around and they'll go, oh my God, little junior would love something like this. I'll take my grandson. He comes in, he wears a shirt, his friend sees it. Boom, that person's in. This person sees this. Then we host little shows here, and they come, they see their friend, like, oh, my God, I want to do that. I can be like, he got a big trophy. Oh, my God. Um, it also, one of the things that works at this place is we're honest and fun. There are a lot of screwy things going on in the world right now. And we kind of <laughs> make fun of Integrity and authenticity shines through. Yeah, you know, we talk about things and we don't, you know, our mentality at our gym is this. You have a right to be, uh, feel uncomfortable and feel that like something, what's the key new catchphrase where something bothers you? Oh my God, you've offended me. 
I'm offended by this. We have a right to be offended, but we also have a right to speak our mind and, and to offend you, okay? It's that whole freedom of speech thing, and it's that last leg of, you know, that doesn't sound right. And me disagreeing with you doesn't make us enemy. It just makes us disagreeing, and that's okay. And yeah. that tolerance of one another, but still staying strong to what you believe, whether it is, I like monkeys. No, I hate monkeys. Okay, there's a reason why you hate them. There's a reason why you like them. We're going to disagree, but you're going to respect one another's opinion. That's sure. it. And so, Paul, I mean, the you, you've alluded to it a handful of times now. Just marketing. Marketing gets us leads. Marketing doesn't necessarily get us customers. Yeah. You have a handful of things that people are, are signing on for, depending on what it is that they're looking for and, and who they are demographically. Tell us a little bit about that. If I'm to walk through your doors, what is available for people to sign up for? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to alleviate anybody going to a new gym the first time. The first thing you want to do when they come to the door is make them feel welcome. You have to do, I don't care if you do good cartwheels. You got to make them feel welcome. A lot of the old time gym guys are like, well, you want a box? All right, uh, we're going to put you in the ring. We'll see what you got. No. You got to come in. You got to find a common bond. Where you go to school? What do you do? What do you hope to be? Why are you here? Ask questions like, why are you here? Most of the parents are going to give con uh, reasons like confidence, uh, you know, stuff like that. You got to make people feel welcome when they come through the door. That's the biggest thing. When I talk about marketing, once you get them here, they're not sold. You got to sell them. So you got to make them feel comfortable being here. And what we have to offer when people come through the door is people want a little gritty, meaning this, they don't want Planet Fitness anymore. They're done with that. They want to feel a little bit of a rebel. And I'm going to spin this around. I don't know if this will work, but I'm going to try it with you. Like my gym, we have products over there, but you can see the rings right there. You know, that's just the smaller side and stuff like that. Can you see that? Sure. Okay. So it's just like full size ring, still kind of gritty, that mentality. And the same thing, if we look all the way down over here, it's gritty. It's, it's not Planet Fitness. That actually helps towards the marketing. People want to feel like they're a little bit of a rebel. Um, so the programs that we offer, though, as you were talking about, is we have the, the boxing program. We have won 38 amateur belts out of this gym in the last like six years. Um, you know, going to all these tournaments around the country and stuff. Uh, they've done quite well. We do Golden Gloves programs. And we have right now in the spring, we should have like four guys going pro. So uh, we have that really competitive boxing program. Uh, I have 35 years of teaching boxing and being involved with boxing uh, in the sport. So that pedigree helps. People want to know that. They want to know that you didn't learn this on YouTube. Okay. That helps. Then we have, besides our Golden Gloves professional program, we have just a cardio boxing program. That is for everybody. You want to lose weight? Great. You want to be, um, you know, Billy Banks and Tybo is gone. So now they need something new. This is us. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll meet you where you are is, is basically the premise here. Absolutely. And so we have that in, the, in those programs and we do quite well in both of those programs. We then also fortify everybody 
with this gym, rather, with a Camp Heroes program, which is for kids five years old to 12. They come in and they learn about what Camp Hero is, to be humble, enthusiastic, respectful, optimistic. And we have a program where you come in day one, week one, this is what you're going to do. We're going to learn the, the hands up, chin down, this, that, the other. And they do all that stuff. The kids get excited because they see the army fatigues. We have them in the background. You see the pink and the blue. But we also have the green and a red for depending on which year you're here. If you're here at the first year, you get the green. The second year, the blue. The third year, you become uh, the elite group, which is uh, the red and gray uh, type of camouflage. So that Camp Hero program, which is for kids, it's military style. The kids love it. And the parents don't mind paying for it because little Timmy is all excited. Okay. And he, little Timmy has to talk to his mother now and understands that there is a hierarchy. Mom is the general. You're just a private. And moms like that. They like seeing the kids advance like that. And they do public speaking in the program. Uh, so they get enamored by that. The kids out there with confidence. How much would you pay? And I always tell mom and dads this when they're on the fence. You want to talk about marketing? How much would you pay if I told you I can make your kid a confident public speaker? How much would you pay for that? Oh, it's invaluable, they always say. I pay the world for it. Well, then guess what? Pay you $125 a month, and I tell you what, your kid will be sleeping. <laughs> and I'll tell you yeah, what, your kid. And maybe we need to increase that price there, Paul. Maybe we yeah, we, we will eventually, you know. It's just we're in a yeah. podunk town. You know what I mean? This is like, yeah. Youngs, this is like Youngstown, uh, Ohio, okay? It's a podunk yeah. kind of area, you know? But the thing about it is, though, they then come to events that we run here, and their kids do what? From Camp Hero. They do the ring announcing. In this corner, in the blue, we have John Smith from Delaware versus Mary Moore from Miami. And that's it. Or they come into the between rounds, and they do commercials. This round is brought to you by New York Pizza. And, they, and, they, and the parents are all like, oh, my God, little Timmy's up in front of 100, 200 people. That sells them. Yeah. Doing things that are not just boxing. And I tell people this all the time. If you offer just how to throw a one-two punch to people, you're failing. That doesn't yeah. keep them. You're going to charge 35 bucks a month and you're going to be out of business. Out of business. Right. you got to have that emotional click with people. They're in a cult, a group, yeah. a masses that and they're so part of. With all of this, Paul, to summarize from a business sense – multiple revenue streams, right? We've got services coming in to, to be able to serve different avatars, if you will. I want to revisit the, the idea of where all of this is going, because you mentioned multiple locations in, and typically the, the hardest challenge, as I see it for gym owners, is going from one to two. Usually two and beyond, we've demonstrated success and can repeat it. One to two is, is really the big leap of faith what do you think is going to be the hardest part for you here in the near future in terms of growing this business? Well, one of the biggest things that I, my business coach and I have discussed is staff. Staff is everything. You're, you are as good as your weakest link, and that is it. And that, mm -hmm. that, that saying is monumentally true. Um, what I've done over the last couple of years is I've trained people to replace me. I've even to the point where right now, even up around here, I've stepped back in my own place and let some people get in the forefront. And I sit back and let them do stuff. So they have that leadership skill and experience. So now when I put them into the new spot down in Smithfield or down in, in, in Florida 
which I have guys heading down there December 4th to, 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 to go down there to start planning houses. Um, I feel confident that they will be able to be personable, be responsible, dot the I's, cross the T's where they need to be done. Because just like a restaurant, if one bad employee can destroy a whole business, you, if you have someone who has an attitude, somebody who is dishonest, um, chippy with the clients, unreliable, your business is ruined because you're, they're going to offend somebody and it goes from there. So the biggest enemy, believe it or not, is not Joe Biden and his inflation. It is not the um, uh, lack of money that people are saying is around. The enemy is yourself. You have to make sure that you train your employees to be uh, minions, just like you. Work just the same way as you do, and that's it. That's your biggest enemy. And I think I've done quite well training the people in my own place to have them expand. I think that's the tremendous point. And, and when I bring up the, the challenge of going from one to two, it's because of the staff and the systems in place, right? There's only one Paul Iannuzzi and he can only be in one location at a time. We need to have people that are willing to, to follow the regiment to make sure that we can do this when Paul is removed from the situation, right? Tell me, I'm going to ask you a question. How do you think we would keep an employer to go to a new location and take on all this responsibility? What is the motivating factors for him to be successful? Yeah, we've got a structure incentive to be able to do so, right? My guy jokes. What, My guy. What's meaningful? What's meaningful to that person? Is it title, prestige? Is it financials? Yep. Some combination of the above? It's funny you said. There's three motivations. I don't, there's, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all kind of answer. I think it's depending on who you are and who the people are that we're putting in place. You, you just said it. You have to find out what motivates the person. Is it we've either, is, we have a saying that I, I came up with that I was writing down in, a, in a, uh, a rough copy of a book that I was writing, which was this. You got to either feed their greed, economic stability. You got to feed their ego. I'm the director or partner of this place. Or you feed the sexuality, which means this. I feel really good damn about myself because I'm in shape now. I feel good walking down Muscle Beach because I have the opportunity to work in a gym where I work out all the time and I look great. Those are the three factors that I found that people, when I've asked them, why do you like working for my, for my uh, gym? And it's usually those three things. I like working out, making myself look good. I like the X, X, uh, the thing. And, and so what I did was when I opened up these new places, um, I partner up with them. I give them 49% ownership of the new place. I will set it up economically. I'll pay for the ring. I'll pay for all the bags, the flooring, all the stuff. Okay. But I now own, still own 51%. They also put their name on the lease. So they're responsible for half the lease, but no matter what happens, they can't just walk away from it. And then the other thing that I do, depending on who the person is, I take a fee up front, meaning this. 
I have this gym right here. If I leave this gym right now and I let somebody else come into place here, they would have to pay me a fee to become my partner here. I've set up the business. I made it work. Da, da, da. They pay me. It's an asset. You should. They, you know, they pay me $100,000. They come in. Now, all of a sudden, they, they own 49% of this gym right here. And you know what? In the first year, they make their money back. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they do, see that. Do you incentive. think that's going to look like a, a franchise or a license play for you in the future? Or do you think you'll keep it ownership does. of these? I will keep 51% ownership and quarterly get a check from all the locations, okay? And what happens is, is all the business gets run through an account and, through, and everything's, there's no cash in the business anymore. It's all swipe, all swipe, all swipe. So that way it just goes all to my accountant. My accountant pays out my expenses, tells me there's X amount left over, 49% goes to him, 51% goes to me, and that's that. And when they sit there and they see checks that are like, you know, $2,500 a week, when they're working 30 hours a week, um, they kind of like that, you know? Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, I think that's, that's a lot of the time the exception to the rule and not the norm in our industry. I've, I find far more often that people are working extraordinary hours for less than a minimum wage and they just create a really shitty job for themselves more so than be a business owner. So it's, so you're, you're so you're smart. You say wire here on, on this podcast, Paul. You're so smart. Cause you say words like they create an environment that is, you know, where they're working for less than minimum wage. They create that. And that's exactly it. They create it. Then you have to be, smart enough to look at yourself in the mirror and it's okay to do this go i'm doing this all wrong i'm doing this all wrong woodrow wilson was one of our presidents and woodrow wilson once said the best way to make enemies is to implement change okay people don't want to change or they don't want to be that sheep that crazes on another field they want to be like every other boxing gym we're just gonna suck it up we're going to work another job, put a paycheck into the gym to keep it open, leaky pipes and smells. Don't worry about it. It's just a gym. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I'm going to England this afternoon because a guy out there wants me to run his boxing corner. So he's paying me to go out there to do that. But the guy who's hosting the fight owns a gym out there and he wants to buy a membership to my life and balance program where I give him the manual. He uses the manual to start up his own life and balance program out there. And he'll now be able to teach uh, elderly movement processes and uh, uh, get people to be better with uh, like almost like a rehab for any sort of ailments such as stroke, Parkinson's, MS, uh, to get the hip replaced, the knee replaced. They come in here and we teach them body mechanics, strength, stamina, safe movements, and I have a book that I, that I wrote that this guy's going to pay me to give him. And then I'm going to do a little seminar for him. And then now we're going to have over in London, or actually it's called uh, Dorset, Dorset, in England. We're going to have a life and balance program out there running, which is just amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting conversation, Paul, because it can go in so many different directions and, and growth is only limited by what you perceive it to be. I wish we had more time, but we're running a bit shy on our deadline here. With the time that we have left, Paul, why don't you tell people what's the best social media for them to learn more about Rude Dog right now? 
right now the best social media is going on rude dog boxing at on facebook rude dog boxing on facebook or looking up me paul slash jill my wife i and uzi we're both together on, on our facebook page um and we you can ask us any questions and the thing that i would just want to if i could bestow any knowledge to anybody today it would be this sure. just think of it as once again a table you've got to have four legs four streams of income coming in Oz is the elderly program for life and balance for a balance program to help people improve their lifestyle as they get older a kids program that allows kids to be kids yet learn about respect our cardio boxing program with mixed in with our golden gloves program and last leg on the table is our promotions our products our events that's it now if all those are just producing a little bit it turns out to be a lot. The yeah, problem is, uh, is we become so myopic and just focusing on just, I love boxing. I love boxing. I love boxing. Who cares? I love boxing too. But guess what? It's a business. And if anybody ever wants to contact I love money too. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. I love for the first time in a long time. You got to remember this. For the first time in a long time, I don't have to look at my checking account. I don't have to look like if if my gas light comes on, I know it's, it's I don't care if, it, if gas is three, four five dollars. I don't care. I have the money. OK, I didn't have that. I grew up poor. Yeah. So, you know, if anybody needs help, that. if anybody needs help, they can reach out to me on Facebook and I'll gladly answer any questions. And yeah. I'm not saying I found the fountain of youth when it comes to the success of business in boxing. But I will tell you this much. Um. To quote Vinnie Paz, it's just not that hard. And they said, what is everything? Everything's just not that hard. You just got to know, you know, the process, the procedure. And you got to have that confidence. Yep. You know? Paul, this has been fun, man. I really appreciate business owners when they're willing to give us a look behind the curtain and, and identify what's going well and, and where we're still looking to improve as businesses. Because it sounds like you guys still have some ambition and some fire behind this. So. I can't thank you enough for your time, Paul. I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you, Joe. Are you on Facebook? I uh, we can we can exchange contact info after we yeah, get off of here. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'd love to talk to absolutely. you some more. Keep in loop. And everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description. Fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lord's podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is James and Neil from the Wellbeing Hub in the UK. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, today? how are y'all? <laughs> yeah, so excited to have you guys on. But, you know, before we really dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run the Wellbeing Hub, first, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people. And what made you want to start this gym in the first place? Yeah, uh, so I think it was it was a, a definitely a project of passion from the start. So I myself and a, like a suicide survivor, social anxiety, and learned that uh, health and fitness was something that was important to me. So I originally come up with an idea of designing a sports center that was purely about helping people with mental health, mm-hmm. and then it sort of as my progress through my career, I, I met Neil and he went on his own little journey about improving physical well-being and stroke. And that's sort of when he come on the pitch and started adding his bit to it. So yeah, that's where we we kind of got together that we can sort of get physical and mental health activity together and basically develop it from there really to quite honest I was trying to think of the right word at that time uh yeah. so yeah to try and just develop it on and improve like quality of life really from from both sides and they combine and work so well together from how we've developed the business on on that side of it hasn't it? yeah so. yeah okay I mean I definitely think that including that mental health aspect is something that's just underrated as a whole, especially in our community. So I commend you guys for, you know, making that the, something that's a forefront in your business. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, how would you describe, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but how would you describe your business and like, who do you serve? Like, who is your community? Well, I've, I'm, to me, anyone's our community, to be quite honest. So no stigma okay. that we have all, as we say, the hub. Um, everyone's welcome so this uh we'll kind of how we describe it there's not one mirror in this gym so there's no sort of posing as such as we would call it and it's up to us to kind of correct people and help people so there's so much more interaction and uh what's the right word i'm looking for now (laughs) me and my words words. It's more like it's the gym for people that don't like going to the gym. Yeah. Basically, it's it's that one where we we handhold to a lot of extent, build confidence up, and let you sort of flourish as a person. Like we'll strengthen you mentally, we'll strengthen you physically, we'll educate you, uh, all in this small little bistro environment, and and then potentially you stay with us because of the the family which is built, but we also give you the confidence to leave and go join what we call like a mainstream gym. Okay, that's pretty cool because you know sometimes mainstream gyms can be you know intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So you know, with your the culture that you have in your community, what model do you guys use, and like what services are you providing to your members? So services is um, a lot of physical and obviously like the mental side of rehabilitation. Um, that's our primary like where we, we really aim at. I do a lot of neurological, so anything like stroke, um, MS, ME, any, anything neurological is kind of a bit more my niche. Uh, James is obviously more on the, the mental health side of it. 
Um, yeah. Other than that, we we kind of develop any kind of medical conditions. Doesn't matter whether it's cardiac to diabetes to arthritis, and then obviously we have your everyday user weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we so we operate for like a small uh, small group person training as such. So okay. when when you sign up with us for a membership basis, you get personal training, but we have up to four people per trainer. But you still get your own private program and everything that caters around you. Obviously, naturally, the mental health and physical rehabilitation stuff just bleeds into everything we do, as well as we offer private services. So you can work with myself privately or Neil privately. And Neil will obviously excel when it comes to like the neuro rehab, MS rehab. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's like the services as well that we offer. Nice. Okay. so it sounds like you guys have some pretty unique, a unique set of services. Yeah, that doesn't always work in the best of ways when you're trying to market. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what do you like? What do you What do you mean by that? Like, I think especially over here, it's very much our oh, gym's a gym, so you've really got to express the emphasis behind it, and a lot of a lot of times it's flooded with oh, gym and it makes you happy mental health so trying to really get through that sort of noise to express what the the basis is of the well-being hub and really get to like the nitty-gritty side of it look we are people of experience we have been to the darker side of life we can help you come out through that it's just lost at the moment until we find that voice and we are working on a couple of like marketing projects to get that out but we learn all this late on as such like we we're we're fighting up here with the marketing because we were so naive when we first opened up the the building but we have learned that's the most important thing we have learned what we our downfalls were and we are working towards correcting them yeah okay well thank you for sharing that uh neil did you have anything to add uh, not really on that. I was about to say something, and he, I've kind of said more what I was going to say. But there we go. <laughs> okay. So okay, yeah. Let's let's kind of dig into marketing here. So, how do you guys find new clients? Like, what's been working for you guys? Uh, a lot of a lot of kind of like the established clients really have come through um, Facebook, really from what where I've built, and then we're developing that into the wellbeing hub. Um, Otherwise, it's really kind of around sort of we're on like an industrial state. So like very, you know, business like. So we've attracted a few more from there, really. Um, And that's really kind of leaflet dropping. But by getting ourselves out there, there's more and more sort of talk about us around this area. Um, And then we just really kind of it's really just trying to develop the social media to, to market ourselves more. Gotcha. Okay. So are you, are you talking about like Facebook ads or just like organic stuff? So we've, yeah. So we, we've, we tried the Facebook ad stuff with some companies before, uh, hasn't really worked out for us. We've invested in a lot of money with next to no return, which has been like a real issue. So now we've gone to organic, like Neil's quite good with the organic stuff, but mm-hmm. his stuff is very unique. So we don't want to sort of, we don't want to like convince people that's the only service that we do. So we, we try and be, I struggle with it because of my social anxiety. I really 
for one maybe ad or real it takes me like whole day and i'll second guess rewrite do it so but it's something that i want to get better at but yeah. neil's pretty pretty hot on his facebook yeah I'm, I'm trying to develop that into the the well-being hub so that that's kind of what i'm aiming to is do that what i do on my own now more into the well-being hub but right as for everything not just what i niche at more that we, we are open to anyone and everyone and I, that's just something i'm trying to develop sort of now and then leading into the new year uh where we can then try and make some quite quite big gains to quite honest yeah um so yeah that's that's really the the way i'm kind of trying to do it yeah i think the only sort of i wouldn't say downfall because he's worked really hard the only downfall is like neil's social media his, his audience comes across the whole entire country and he can get business online and stuff like that but as a venue in a location mm-hmm. it's it's not that many people that are local to us that we can bring into the venue and sort of utilize for marketing purposes so neil's got like quite a large audience but they're scattered as far well they're scattered across the world in fact they're not even scattered just in the uk they're, and he can get business from that attraction that's great but it doesn't help us utilize our space to utilize yeah. that as marketing yeah. material but that's what, like, yeah. like I said, I want to develop it onto our own stuff rather than kind of keep it a little bit separate from my own one mm-hmm. and, and make it more localized. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, with everything that you're doing now with the Facebook and the social media and just kind of getting out there and connecting with people, how many people is that bringing in consistently? Um, next to nothing. Yeah. Like we, got, we, might, we get a couple of inquiries uh like a month at the moment it's just really been bad we know that we tried we had to so we we basically hired a company in to help us out and then that backfired horrendously that we had to just basically pivot to save the business right and that's only been the last probably four to six months that we decided to make that hard pivot into like really concreting down what we're going to be doing so it'll be more like implementing stuff into january february sort of time where we so basically we also had this guy who's doing us a video that's like oh what sort of marketing video you want and we was like we need a video that tells people about us because that's what sells not oh this is a gym you can use it it's these are the two guys that are in the gym that can help you out that's what we that's the message we need to start getting out so when we do that it works for us yeah, I mean, awareness is important because yeah. it doesn't matter if you have the greatest product in the world, if nobody knows who you are. Um, yeah, you and I think we it. learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely learned that the hard way. We learned that the hard way, big time. <laughs> yeah, okay. So let's talk a little bit about sales. So after you get a lead-in and you know they commit to one of the programs, like what is the sales process? Who's doing the selling and the closing and what does that client journey look like? we we both well it's just us two so we can just sell in and the closing anyway as well as like training um i think at at first when we first opened um and got through like the covid part of it once we once we get people here and people are in as such we keep people just because of the nature of of how we are and how we how we are with people um so we, we can develop them and you can see that they kind of tune in to what we are doing and what we're about. So mm-hmm. that part of it is, is keeping them, 
we're fine now. It's just our other way to say both me and James are selling and closing is probably our most difficult part. Although again, we're slowly, slowly, slowly developing yeah. ourselves on that because we have to develop home ourselves on that. Otherwise we don't have a business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I mean, when I first started out in the industry, sales was something that was like a scary word. Yeah. So I mean, what aspect do you feel like you guys need to to work on that? Like the sales, is it the clothes? I think uh I think we is for us is it's lead generation in terms of aspects to a physical venue. Like we've tried in the past about we've had sales gurus for lack of a better word that has been in and they helped us with online programs and they're getting hundreds of leads like every week for a sales project but then that was the conversion that was the issue is the getting on the phone converting them to sales and we did all right there but we didn't do massively that we could like continue business it wasn't something Okay. And then we we had a marketing team which was getting us leads to bring them in, but there was just something with the marketing that didn't portray a clearer message. So when we were contacting these people, they was like, "Oh, we thought it was this. We can't commit to this." But but and it was like, "Okay." So that's another chunk of money that kind of went like down the drain. Yeah. So now we know that once we, like Neil said, once we get people through the door, it's very rarely they leave without signing up yeah so because of just the message that we can portray to people about this place why it's here what we plan to do for people mm -hmm. um and that's not really like we're quite proud of that so it's it's now making that transition of getting people through the door or calling people up the relatively warm lead that we can have a discussion with and get them in yeah but it's taken us all this time to learn that and that's so we didn't like start the business thinking, oh, that we're really good at selling. What we need to do is get people in. It's like, well, hang on. Nine out of 10 people that walk through the door that speak to us leave with a membership. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, OK, so that's where we, we excel. We excel at bringing people in, selling the story, mm -hmm. and then, then they're leaving happy. And annoyingly for me, and it's something that I'm slowly getting over and hopefully in the new year will be better is calling strangers up and talking to people on the phone really affects my anxieties mm -hmm. so the way it's something that I had to battle with so I'd put it off and then I'd put it off too long to have that sort of golden time where you're supposed to contact people up right right, right. and then I, I would and then that that'd be purely my fault and it's something that I, I've still battling with but have to yeah yeah I mean well I definitely commend you for that um for sure because I know that probably isn't always the easiest thing, having social anxiety, but also, you know, putting that to the side and serving people at the highest possible level that you can. So, yeah, yeah I think that's pretty cool. I, I kind of took that part on the night when we were doing the lead. Yeah. I don't mind talking on the phone. I probably <laughs> talk on the phone all day to Cartonists. So bringing <laughs> up people and kind of getting them, it was just a bit of a time, yeah. a time factor with yeah. me yeah. and yeah. making sure that I had it because on the one-to-one -one side of it, I'll, I can be quite busy so when we needed to call them I was you know I was kind of work around clients doing the call client then call client then call which wasn't always productive because it's then leaving yourself enough time to to do that call and spend a bit of time with that person yeah okay so um let's talk about tracking I know you guys said that you have like really really good client retention what 
tell me a little bit more about that. Like, do you have systems in place about like how you're keeping your clients long-term and do you know what like your churn is every month? Yeah. So uh, again, it's, it's, it's not great in terms of like consistent churn. We don't, I think we've probably, we've probably only lost two, two members as such, and they're still in the picture. There's still people that we see like daily mm-hmm. um, or like weekly because they're around the area. But in terms of like, bearing in mind, we've only been open a year and a half and three of the members have been here for a year. So, um, and it's a case of, we just build that rapport. We build, we know what they want. They listen to the, what they want. All their programming is done for them. If they don't like something or we educate, I think the key to, to everything, both me and Neil does, and Neil's excellent at it, is education. If you make someone feel they're part of something and, and you sort of like get them involved and then they feel like they understand while they're doing it, they tend to stay longer because they trust you, you build trust. So in terms of like, we haven't really needed to track retention because sadly our numbers have been so low, but we also haven't lost hardly anyone. So there hasn't, we understand. So our background is we were operations managers for a large electric center. So we understand the operations side of running a large business, like, but, but being operations managers, we was excluded from the market and stuff, hence why we're rubbish at that. But in terms, we understand that tracking retention rate, if it starts to get out of hand, we right. something we need to do, get in touch with them, have a chat with them and make sure that it's not something that we've done that makes, <laughs> makes them yeah, leave. We, <laughs> we, we, we would always learn, if people were leaving us, we would make sure we'd learn to find out what was going, why people are leaving us. Yeah. So we'd educate ourselves to make sure that, okay, so if we're doing this, and we would change, and we would change that because we can be quite reactive when it comes to yeah. to that side of it. So we've done. We certainly try and make sure we understand why. Say if people were leaving, why people were leaving. One of one of them, one of them, lot had their their hours reduced at work, so obviously they couldn't pay the the monthly fee. Uh, one of them sort of hit their initial goal destination. Mm-hmm. and it was to get fitter and healthier for a holiday that they were planning for and their holiday come up um and then they decided uh, to leave but we've spoke to them recently and they've said oh we'll be coming back soon but whether how true that is i don't know but <laughs> we've spoke to them recently so it's not like they left they hit they hit a purpose and now we we see whether they come back or not and we still chat with them so there's no animosity there yeah um, and that tends to be tends to be the case we, we enjoy building this, these rapports with these clients plus plus you know james said about educating people we also keep it quite simple so we don't try and baffle them with science or something mm. so yeah. you keep it simple and then keep it so that they're understanding what they're doing and how it works and what their development is and their next steps in the most simplest form yeah uh, i think you go into baffling people with science then some people are just like, just want to come and train to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely appreciate that. Something that I, I've learned that as well. Like you don't have to talk science with these people. Keep it simple. They don't necessarily care yeah. about that. They just care about coming in and getting results and changing their lives. You yeah. know? Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, with that said, let's, let's talk about future goals. You guys <laughs> have a very, I think a, a unique um, program tied into mental health like three years from now 
where do you want the well-being hub to be? Oh, ideally, we want it obviously running, functioning without us, because our ultimate goal has always been to just grow this as big as we possibly can. Like from a personal perspective, sadly, the way the mental health industry works here, it's very much old boys club in terms of it's who you know, not what you know, and if you've got deep pockets, etc. So my personal journey was always been build a big exist that's so big it can't be ignored and then start changing the rest of the, the the government and stuff like that through that way because that's the only way i've been on the other side of it it's absolutely horrible to seek handouts and then be have your hand back away because it's you don't know the right person right. so it's like be that right person so grow business so definitely in three years we want this sort of running smoothly we can focus on what we need to do privately to get the ultimate goal i'm not sure not too sure what Neil's private goals are. <laughs> Probably fly away to Bermuda because he's got a few clients out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think probably again that future for the hub is certainly to be more stabilised as a and a bit more thriving as such as a business. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it depends on the economy and what happens as well. We really need to quite honest, but um, we'd always talked about then potentially having like satellite sites around so we'll see how we are but it's certainly then maybe i'm not saying they have one set up in well, three years had, but we can be looking but there could be potentially one sort of like we have had two people interested already to see if we would franchise our idea and we're like we're not even grown it yet so let's see see how we will go yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe we will do it no this definitely is, it's it'll be selfish of us to keep it here very well said. I'm impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's <laughs> Say that one more time for the people. <laughs> It'll be selfish of us to keep it here at this one location. And what makes you say that? Because we're providing a service that, like we always said, it improves quality of life. So we're not just providing a service where you can go and get bath and weight management. We're, we're generally improving quality of people's lives. So if we can take that and plant it into other towns and even countries and go, look, if you come here, you'll get a service where you'll always leave feeling better, whether that's mentally, physically healthy. That'd just be like really greedy of us to fit it in just one location that's convenient for us to manage, which is near our home. Like why? when we can improve our country and potentially grow from there, it would be really wrong of us to go, we have a model that works and keep it in one place. Very well said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on so many levels. Um, and, you know, I think we're you're coming up to a really good place to wrap up, but I really always like to ask this question before the close. Um, what's some advice you would give yourself before you start it, like with the information, you know, that you know now, keep it short, 30 seconds. What's some advice I want to hear from both of you guys that you would give yourself with all the information that you really ours, ours is kind of learning mistakes very quickly, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest, um, you know, it's not always about taking on some sort of bigger marketing companies and it's, it's learn your own business yeah. and learn what's right for you to develop right. the business that's the, uh, probably the biggest thing I've yeah learned. the two two things for me is definitely uh marketing is key and swallow your pride mm. 
market is key and swallow your pride. I like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All righty, guys. So um, before we head out, where can we find you guys? On, on the internet, social media, Instagram, Facebook, website. Yeah, so so all of our all of our tags for social media are the Wellbeing Hub UK. Okay. Um, so that's Instagram and Facebook mainly, and our website is www.thewellbeinghub.me because it sounded better. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you, James and Neil. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, and I'm really thank looking you. forward to seeing like your satellite locations pop up around the world. And to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in, you know, talking about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description below. Fill it out and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.